0: Everybody, welcome back to Living with MS. Truth be told, I'm your host, Marie Herron. Uh, again, I want to thank everyone for their questions, their support, their comments. It's great that we're building community here. Um, I have in the studio today. Uh, my guest is Susie Mangar. Uh, who is with a large Canadian university, so she is truly living with MS. So we're going to talk to Susie today about some of the things that she's experiencing, how she juggles work, uh, career, volunteering for the MS Society, and how she puts back into uh, you know her support uh, for other people with MS. Susie, as you know, you and I have talked, and I always call MS the snowflake disease. Everyone's journey is different. Uh, what was your journey to diagnosis like?
1: Thanks so much, uh, Maria. I, I do want to say one thing first. I think it's a great analogy of the snowflake. I Yeah, we
0: uh, came up with that over conversation, uh, you and I.
1: And <laughs> I, it, it actually is quite apropos mm-hmm. because it really is different for everyone. For me, it was... Just going to work and uh, coming back home on the train. And uh, I was—I got really numb. And I thought, okay, I'm a little bit stressed out. I just had gotten promoted to this new job and I'm doing a lot of uh, events and what have you. So I go home. I had dinner with my sister that evening. And when I went back down to my condo, went to sleep. I had another uh, event to go to at, in London mm-hmm. the next day. So I got up in the middle of the night. Well, here's the thing about getting up in the middle of the night when you do that, and you typically want to go to the washroom and what right. have you. Well, I got up, but then I went right back down. So when I went right back down, I'm like, okay. Uh, so you got up and rush. you fell down? Uh, yeah, like in yeah. the bed. It yeah. was a bit of a head rush. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I just got to get my faculties together. I got up again, and I fell right down again. So at that point in time, I'm sliding out of my bed, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to find my phone. My phone is in the living room. Right. I'm slithering to the living room, phoning 911, phoning my sister. I said, look, I can't get up. I have lost control of everything. You can probably put two and two together, whatever right. Okay. So then uh, the ambulance comes. My sister comes down. Well, they tried picking me up, and I fell back down. They picked me up again Put me on the gurney Went to the hospital At that point in time I was regaining A little bit more Of my functionality Mm -hmm. So in the morning time When the doctors Finally came in It seemed like It was like six hours They said that I probably had vertigo Okay, so
0: just straight-up Vertigo. So, straight-up Vertigo. Okay, so it was just, uh, you know, your l- life was, like, literally turned upside down. 100%. And yeah. here's the thing.
1: You kind of reconcile with that because mm-hmm. you just start a new job. You just, you know, just came back from an event. You're kind of thinking you're a little bit stressed out. Okay, I can deal and with that.
0: And then there's that great, you know, Hitchcock film, right? So, I mean, Kim Novak had Vertigo. So, what's wrong with that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So,
0: and even with that, I didn't really
1: know what Vertigo was was but i knew that i was dizzy i knew that i was mm-hmm. feeling nauseous i knew that i lost control of everything and like i say i'm that type of person that absolutely i i actually internalize and i wear my hair on my sleeve too and at the end of the day if it's if they tell me that it's this i'm more apt to believe right, that right because i don't think about anything else i i just think that okay i'm being told this and this is what i right. need to live with so no problem we ended up leaving mm-hmm. and uh go back to work uh, a couple days later well I started not being able to see properly and my speech got garbled I ended up being off from work for about six months at this oh, point. okay and in that six months is when I just went this when they actually diagnosed and I want to go through the timeline of that because it was in the first three months that they were actually trying to figure out, is it Lyme disease? They're testing me for all of these other okay. um, mm-hmm. things. They, and they do. They opt you out of different um, diseases, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. Uh, different uh, happenstances of what it could actually be. No problem. Then they asked me to go to an ENT, so an ear nose, and s- ear, nose, and throat person. So I go there. Well, the first thing that that doctor says to me, it looks like MS. What did I think about that? I'm thinking of Jerry Lewis. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I thought when they told me. I was like, oh, is that the Jerry Lewis telethon? MD, right? right?"
1: Absolutely. And at this point in time, I'm like, and because I had, I'm wobbly, the three attacks that I had really uh, compromised my speech, my Mm -hmm. ability to see properly, and my ability to walk properly. And I already had an injury from before from an accident so i was already wobbly with my walking anyway so to have now this affecting my other side of my body it was very concerning to me and not understanding what multiple sclerosis is i couldn't even say the word i'm now actually better yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: no i just i know you and i've talked about this a little bit Um, um i think when we had People will probably know I drink a lot of coffee, but when you and I were having coffee this morning, I was saying, you know, it's really quite unfair to get uh, called out for being drunk when you're not. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you've got all the, the symptoms, right? You know, you're slurring your speech, your your steps off, you're a little dizzy. People are looking at you at 10 in the morning thinking, geez, you know, she's got to find a, a, a church basement somewhere to, you know, say she's an alcoholic when really she's... <laughs> As MS. And 100%. And I'm glad you actually brought that up mm-hmm. because that was the thing. Things were
1: Different things were happening six months prior to this mm-hmm. whole thing about being off. And here's the thing about it. MS, you're not growing a unicorn horn out of your head. You look the same.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So when you're telling someone you don't feel right and that something is wrong and you are slurring, and even though your mind is saying you're speaking properly what's coming out isn't right, right that is what's so daunting about uh, multiple sclerosis as well and I like saying multiple sclerosis now because kids <laughs> can, say can it. actually say it <laughs> <laughs> but uh no and so that was my journey and the great thing is is that I too was able to actually get in to see a neurologist at St. Mike's and mm-hmm. he actually decided to have me tested to go into a test drug
0: Oh, okay, tell me about that. What is the drug?
1: Absolutely. So I'll be honest with you. I to this day I've been on this drug since two thousand, and you love it, yeah. And I'm, I'm very grateful for being put into this study because I do feel that it is going to be something that's going to hopefully get towards a cure. Right now, it actually has been. Uh, FDA-approved in the United States right. for progressive MS. Mm-hmm. I have relapse-remitting MS. Right, right. So uh, just so your viewers understand that relapse-remitting, you have the attacks. The great thing is the myelin actually regenerates, and you get your speech back, you get your sight back, you get your, your functionality of walking again things are still a little amiss with all of those things. Mm -hmm. However, you are getting full functionality back. So with that, being put in and being tested for this test drug, uh, it's called ocrelizumab. Mab. You'll have to practice that one, too. That one I do. Okay. And hopefully it will be called something (laughs) else when it actually gets approved. (laughs) Exactly. So essentially, this test drug, and it's been going on since 2009, there's uh, two other people that's in the study with me in Toronto, and um, knock on wood, we've actually lessened any attack. Uh, for, from 2009 to 2012 mm-hmm. We were taken off a of protocol For about a year And all that means is that uh, the, the study actually ended So then we were off the drug for the year I will say this Being off of that drug for that year I actually did have another relapse Oh, okay. And I had to get a five day steroid infusion And that actually mitigated And lessened the, the, uh, the attack And what happened was It attacked the strength of my leg again Okay so at the end of the day, uh, the protocol came back and they extended the study. I'm now 2012, so 2012 now, and now it's 2017 and still in this test. The great thing is this past year it did get actually FDA approval in the United States for progressive. We're hopeful that it will come to Canada too. It's not a cure, but it is actually slowing down the progression. Maybe it will be a cure. And people often ask me why? Why would you actually go into this study, not even knowing if what it's doing to you?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I think that I think that's um, some of the concerns that people have, especially young people. Um, you know, they're thinking, you know, they don't they w- don't want to take drugs. They think, you know, the drugs company and the government and the MS Society are all in cahoots together, which we know is not true. Um, but I think it's important um, that uh, that people, you know, do keep abreast of what the what the studies are, um, and I know that you can do that through visiting uh, the MS Society website. Um, so. You know, I know that there are um, more and more studies coming. In. I do have a funny story to tell you. Um, uh, as you know, I'm very vain, and uh, <laughs> again, you can't you can't think it's a podcast, but um, I'm very vain. And um, I went to see my neurologist, and he was telling me about a test study, and he said, "You know, you'd be perfect." And he said, "How old are you?" And I said, "I'm 58." And he said, "Oh, the cutoff's 55." And I said, "But I don't look 55, <laughs> 58. I look younger than 55." And Uh, And he said, Marie, I can't, you know, falsify uh, uh, medical records. But the reason why I'm telling this, saying this, telling this story, is that there are so many um, uh, studies and and tests. And uh, with the myelin regeneration, uh, you know, I read more and more about that. I'm reading more and more about stem cell uh, research as well. So I do think it's important that our listeners, um, when you're living with your MS, is visit the the MS portal on the um, MS Society website. Um now Susie as you know I believe everyone's MS is their MS so what are some of the principles you apply to living with your MS
1: Well I'm glad you actually said that too because it really is you're living with it You know a lot of times people say oh okay Susie she has MS Susie's not MS <laughs> although my initials are SM <laughs>
0: I know. How cool is that? You have like an absolute designer disease, Susie. Exactly.
1: Uh, But that is the thing. It is something else that you live with and you get used to, just as I had to get used to uh, functioning without a left ankle. Right. It's something, hey, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to happen to us. And that's a really great point to bring up because I have MS now and I'm living with it. But who's to say that I might not get cancer? Who's to say I might not get something else? Who's to say that I might not get anything? And I end up getting hit with a car. (laughs) So at the at the end, (laughs) not that we would
0: want that to happen. (laughs)
1: Absolutely, but I guess I want to really hit the point of the mindset that you have. Is you are this is just something else that I'm going to actually uh, work around it with my life. I'm going to still get up. Every morning, I'm still going to have my juice and my coffee and my cereal and kiss my um, partner goodbye and I go to work and what have you. It's still functioning. It is right. not yeah. being someone that uh, can't function anymore. And that is the the biggest thing I think I can really offer your listeners is to know that uh, we are all here wanting the same thing. We all want a really great life. We all want to enjoy. And so for me, my principle is I'm going to just get up and do the best thing I can do, be good to myself, be good to others, help others where I can. MS doesn't change that. It doesn't change my personality. It certainly doesn't change the way that I'm going to treat others. It really is the principle for me is just live. Live.
0: You know, Susie, when you and I speak uh, about MS, and, and we have such fun, believe it or not, you and I laugh so hard when we, when we share share stories. And one of the things I do want to uh, share with the listeners, and I know you'll agree with me, is the conversation we had about, um, you know, you stub your toe, it's not MS, and how important it is um, to continue to see your GP. Not everything wrong, wrong with you is your MS. So please continue to see your GP. And I'll just share a little bit about her stories. Um, I was telling Susie that, um, you know, I was thinking, oh, my God, my MS is affecting my ears. I'm <laughs> going deaf in one ear. And I finally went to my GP, and he looked at my ears and was like, geez, Marie, you haven't, your ears are filled with wax. So, and of course, he cleared my ears out, and I wasn't deaf. I was <laughs> I was just, just had poor hygiene. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So so you had a similar, not with your ears, but you had a similar story. And can you share that? Absolutely. You know, This is so great, Marie. I'm glad that you're bringing
1: these stories up because I think it really is important for people to know. It isn't always MS yeah. for sure. I was actually, uh, Marie and I were chatting. And what was interesting to me is that when... The example was when you stub your toe. For sure, it's not. It's not MS. I actually had, um, and I'm actually experiencing right now a lot of pain in my uh, right hand uh, foot, my right foot, and uh, I'm thinking, oh gosh, I can't feel the bottom of my foot. I'm 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 freaking out. And this is what I want your viewers to, or your listeners to know too, is that you are going to have these moments of, it's always MS. Yeah. Uh, you are. Uh, but then the reason why I'm saying this is because I'm not infallible of that either. It's more the fact, let's, let's, let's uh, knock it down and be logical. But I did. I actually was feeling, okay, this is an attack. It's on my right foot. That's where I had my other attacks. This is, this is another, uh, attack. Mm -hmm. Well, I did go to my uh, doctor, and it ends up being I got plantar fasciitis. Right. And why? Well, because I don't exactly wear the most proper shoes, because after losing my ankle in that accident 20 years ago, I'm still a woman. I still want to wear pretty shoes. I don't wear the right shoes. And unfortunately, the arch in my right foot has been depleted a little bit and I have to get some physio for my plantar fasciitis so here's the thing here's the moral to that story the stubbing your foot it's not your your toothache is an MS? <laughs> You've got some dental hygiene issues. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like when you know when I stand up and and again, I mean, I love my 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 GP because you know I walked in and I I said to him, I said, oh, you know my MS is flaring up because I'm lightheaded, and then he takes my blood pressure. He's like, your blood pressure is in your boots. Um, you're not eating enough iron. So again, the moral of the story is don't just assume because you have MS that this is related to all of your health problems. Um, and uh, I interviewed a, a, a someone earlier who was saying, you know, it's a team. You have to have your neurologist as part of your team, but your GP is just as important uh, that you see him as well, or him or her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions I asked the most um, when I checked the uh, feedback um, on the... Um, marie at truthbetold.ca and I hope everyone uh, gets that so they can send me their questions. But one of the questions I get is, how do I know if I'm having a flare-up? So how would you answer that, Susie?
1: Well, for me, why I actually deal with it because I don't want to get into that flustered state of thinking everything is MS is that I actually monitor it. Okay, I will monitor it for approximately 10 days, two weeks. And essentially what monitoring all that means is, is this symptom actually getting worse? What is it? Is it prickliness? Is it heat? Is it uh, numbness? Am I lightheaded? Is Is it your gait? Exactly. And I got to be really realistic too. Because of the challenge I have on my left leg, I got to really be realistic of what I'm actually thinking that why Mm -hmm. this is a flare up. Now, again, because of looking at your first attacks, and like mine happened with my speech, my sight, and my right, right side with my gait, uh, I do tend to be more uh, paranoid that when something happens on my right-hand side, that is, that is going to be MS-related. But even when you go back to your neurologist, they do ask you to monitor it. Right. So that's, that. I'm going to take heed, and I'm going to monitor and I have to say, when I do that, the stress level comes down, I actually get more sleep,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I actually take care of myself a little bit more over that next two weeks, and wow,
0: it yeah. dissipates. Yeah, what do you know, it dissipates, yeah. Right. Yeah that's, yeah, that's that's about it, and I think it's really important that people, uh, people hear and understand that. Um Can you tell us about some of the volunteer work that you do with the MS Society? Because I'll be honest, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't want anything to do with the MS Society um, because I just thought... If I don't see it, it's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> so. And you know what, Marie? You're right on point with that. Uh, that was the same initial thought I had, mm-hmm. too. I didn't want to know what MS was about. I didn't want to learn about it. My parents took, dug in and mm. learned about it and helped me get through that. But in the first two years of being diagnosed, I was not accepting it. I even went so far to get a second uh, opinion right. with right. my MRI. Uh Then, I actually reached out to my Durham chapter of the MS Society. I asked if I could volunteer to actually sell carnations. They had a carnation campaign, and I did that. That was my first step. I got really overwhelmed again, uh, seeing folks, seeing people that had uh, a progressive MS, and uh, disengaged again. And then it was just in 2013, actually, and I was diagnosed since 2008. Right. Uh, decided to reach out again to my Durham chapter and say, if there's anything that you'd like me to volunteer for, I'd be more than happy to do that. The cool thing was is that they actually wanted to start an MS support group in Pickering, where uh, I live. And uh, she just, uh, the coordinator asked me, would you like to lead that support group And I just jumped on it because I finally felt ready to talk about it. But also, in my mind, talking about it with others was going to not only help them, but it was so going to help me understand I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is the biggest thing that I've learned about this disease, is that when you do surround yourself with folks that are positive, that uh, that you actually weed out the things that uh, are really bringing you down, you need right. to do that too. It's like decluttering your life, mm-hmm. um, decluttering your space. But it's also inviting others to share what they have gone through, because Even though the MS is that snowflake, we all have similar things that happen and everybody has a different way of dealing with it and the cool thing is is that when you have these support groups not only can you pick and see how other people are dealing with it but you can actually implement those things in your own life as well yeah. and that creates such a strong bond with these folks that uh, now our, our little uh, support group that started with just a few is now up to over uh, 11 people. We actually want to keep it small so everyone can have yes, a chance that's more intimate, yeah. absolutely but What's what really is neat about it is, is that you actually get to talk about your life, not life with MS only. Yeah, yeah. It's you are celebrating. Oh, I just went on a cruise. Oh, I actually just got a promotion. Oh, all of these great things. So it's actually to talk to people that actually understand what mm-hmm. you're doing. Because let me tell you, there's a big disconnect with partners with people living with MS is too so we actually invite partners of the folks that are living with MS okay. to come to our sessions as well so they can hear too that it's not a death sentence and that you are living well and there's lots of people that actually have really productive lives but it's actually helping that partner as well understand when you're quiet when mm. you don't want to eat something when you don't want to move it's not about them it's about just right now I just need some quiet time.
0: I had the pleasure yesterday of speaking to a young man in um, Ottawa and uh, we were we were speaking about um, you know being with your partner and having them support you and I said oh you know I said I'm really lucky because um, you know my partner does um, all of the housework and, and he said oh yeah my partner does the housework but I do the cooking and I said oh don't tell Bruce that because because I I don't do the cooking either. (laughs) Um, So it's... I mean, I don't want to promote people to, uh, you know, use that as an excuse but uh, for not doing your housework. Um, I wanted to... I know... um, one of the things that you had said um, when I asked you um, about, uh, I think the question I had asked you over the phone was um, that I had never bothered with the MS Society when I was diagnosed because I was afraid of seeing people in wheelchairs. And my question to you was, what would you say to a 24-year-old? Me. Um, so, do you want to tell me what you would say to a 24-year-old or a 19-year-old who is just being diagnosed? Absolutely. Okay. First, Go for it.
1: The first thing, absolutely. <laughs> the first, The first thing would be is to understand what multiple sclerosis is Uh, get good information either from your doctor from your GP somebody a professional don't go on the internet to find information about multiple sclerosis because there as we all know there's lots of great information on the internet But there's also a lot of misinformation on the internet too, especially when you have no idea what this disease actually is and how you can actually live with it effectively. And let's face it, doctors have to be doctors in telling you everything from the good, the bad, and the ugly. And unfortunately, all we like to hear sometimes first off is the ugly and the bad. And we don't even hear the good part. So talking to your actual practitioner first would be the great thing. Then, because we have a great multiple sclerosis society, Mm -hmm. gosh, they are there because they want to help people. Getting involved in the sense of learning on their website, calling them, understanding that is the best thing to do because they are the they are the professionals they are the ones that actually are looking into deeply yep. of what uh, this disease can do and what it can't do and what you can do with it but here's the thing it's understanding too you're not alone yeah and that's a big component of this disease as well is understanding that Yes, you are feeling down. You are feeling, oh my goodness, my life is over now. Um, I have this disease; it's done. (laughs) The next day, I'm I'm not going to be able to think. And it's not about that. It's about understanding good information and getting that from good sources.
0: The. The MS website, um, for the, anyone who hasn't visited it, um, and if you're out there and you're, you're listening and you are afraid, you don't want to go, you don't want people to know, um, it's a very robust website. There's blogs there. There's stories there. Um, you can you know share things. It's a safe community. You can go on the website. Um, you know, you don't have son I do have friends with MS who are very uncomfortable about even coming on this podcast because they don't want uh, people to know they have MS. So the the, the website of the MS Society is a safe place to go to get information. Um, truth be told, living with MS is a safe community because you can't see anybody, and you know we're not going to disclose your uh, your identity. Um, We will respect anonymity if you want to be a guest with us uh, here on Truth Be Told, Living with MS. Um, Susie, one more thing I want to ask you is, um, is there anything else that you think that a person living with MS should know?
1: Absolutely. There's one thing that in my previous career, uh, I was always an advocate for people with disabilities mm-hmm. just in general and helping people understand that uh, it's still a person. You're still a person with um, mm. functions and, and wants and desires. So one of the things I used to end off any uh, speech or anything that uh, I would do in this space would be taking something from uh, the, the CNIB. The, they have a tagline that says I am not different from you. I am different, just like you. And I love that because we are all human beings. And we all, like I say, want the same thing. Happiness and functionality and being wanted and loved. And so for me, I am not different from you. I am just different. I am different just like you. And that's the last thing I wanted to leave these folks to understand that we all matter.
0: Well, Susie Manger, I want to thank you so much for being our guest today. Um, And I want to invite everyone again to please let me know what your thoughts and comments are and any questions that you have and guest suggestions. And if you'd like to be a guest, let me know at uh, marie at truthbetold.ca. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.